This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. This podcast is protected by Lord Hunter the Foulmouthed, Lady Amanda of House Ryan, Lady Rajal of House Stevens, Sir Ron of House Golson, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight, Fist of the Dragon, Maker of Gains. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shreve. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Sansa 1 of Clash of Kings, and in our Maester's study we will be discussing House Redwine. Yeah. Man, the big chapter this week. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's mm-hmm. yeah. longer than I, than I remember it being, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's because it's in in the show. Well, it's I think when I think about it in the show, they really kind of condense what's happening mm-hmm. um, because it's uh, in the show. It's a handful of different scenes. Yeah. And but then but then this is just one chapter. So, um, you still see most of these scenes in the show. They're just spread out. So. This is just kind of a this is a bigger chapter. Yeah, yeah, it's it's neat too because I we're getting these um, the Starks we're we're getting to fill in sort of where they're at after the loss of their father. So uh, we get to see Sansa's sort of state of mind after you know uh, seeing her father beheaded. So mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So all right, well, uh, Sir Ezra, how you been, man? Oh boy, uh, pretty good. I'm, I'm like, dude. I had the old heating pack out today, though. Holy! Hey, me too. Oh my! Woo! I mean, you. Yeah. You had a big workout. Uh, I know that you were. I did cranking out the the gains there. I did. I did. I have to. Yeah. You know, it's it's. Uh, yeah. I, if it's if it's in my title, I have I've got to live it. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> it, it it is time. It is time. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I was just working on the studio, you know, down uh, with with Lane for an unexpected podcast and man i'm telling you dude being up on ladders like all day long when you're not used to it and you're up on a ladder like for hours at a time whew, mm-hmm. it's a little tough we're kind of up there can you know doing drywall and insulation and not something i have I no idea how to do any of that i have no idea how to do any of that stuff yeah i, I you know shout out to those who who do and like it was a mm-hmm. it's a great learning experience and it was fun but dang dude that'll wear you out like i'd rather be just yeah. pumping iron you know that you're using muscles yeah. you just don't use very often, so it's like whoa. yeah. When it when it comes when it comes to work on cars or work on the house, um, <laughs> I usually just call some and pay someone to do it for me because <laughs> I don't know I do not I don't know how to do it. I just don't. That's funny. That is funny. Yeah, Sir Matt is not a builder. Okay, he's you know that is true. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not really either. I just uh, I like to, I like to give it a go and, and it's been fun. But yeah, man, just trying to get all caught up. I felt pretty productive you know something kind of strange got a nice haircut today okay hey that that's good right i mean is that am i allowed to say that like i sometimes you need a I nice suppose. clean I, mean, you just did. I did so you know try and stop me 
try and stop me. So, um, yeah, to those of you, that group of people out there that are trying to stop us, mm-hmm. good, good, good try. We appreciate it. Yeah. So. We appreciate it. Yeah. No, but um, I don't know, feeling good. I mean, you know, just, just ready to go for the new week. Excited. We got a lot of work done. We've been really productive. So, mm-hmm. feeling good about that. But, uh, yeah, how about you? Everything good over there? Hey, man, everything's good. Um, trying to think what all I got going on in life right now. Uh, I'm going to go see, go to a concert Tuesday. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go see Cher. It's going to be awesome. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just did tickets for bot, and I was like, hey, you want to go see Cher? And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, not- I mean, I, I got a free ticket, so I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, you're not turning that I down. Do no, believe, yeah. Yeah. I do believe. I do believe, you know, in life after love. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, do. I do. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm there. Sign uh, me up. I mean, how old is she? I don't know. She's got to. She's got to be up there. Like I almost said something inappropriate. There's your trivia. There's your trivia question for the for for the week. How old is Cher? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, gonna go do that. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of it, man. Just been hanging out, watching football. You know, <laughs> yeah. Working on uh, another podcast, which is uh teasers up and live so yeah, I mean, you guys saw that I mean, no big deal that's just what the other thing yeah, I got, going got, on. got that up and going yeah well and actually so cool that let me jump down here that takes us into uh i, I found this comment in our facebook group and it kind of fit in i thought it'd be a good transition into us talking about the new show so uh sir james of house brian just kind of uh put a question into the, you know to the group he, he wanted to know you know, for the readers in the group, Bend the Knee has inspired me, uh, has inspired my lost passion for reading. Uh, I'm currently on the Feast for Crows, and I love it. However, there are other series I want to read, for example, Wheel of Time, Witcher, etc. How do you all balance reading more than a book at a time, or do you just keep it to one? So, great question, wow. right? That is a great question. So, Sir Matt? Uh, um, <laughs> well, um, for me... It, let me think here. So for Bend the Knee, I usually listen to the episode once throughout the week because I've I've read Game of I've read the series mm-hmm. I've read the full series like three times now. Yeah. Um, and then I've read you know some of the expanded stuff. I mean, I've listened to the Night of Seven Kingdoms at least ten times, like yeah. the full thing. Right. Um, and so normally throughout the week with Bend the Knee, I will. I'll listen to the chapter that we're going to listen to, and then I will go f- pick some random chapter mm-hmm. uh, later in in the series. So, like in Feast of Crows or Dance of Dragons, uh, and I'll just listen to it at some point in the week, just so I'm kind of like, you know, keep my mind yeah. in two different places at once. Um, and then with other books, right now, really the only other book series that I'm reading is Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. and so I just pick a few nights a week to kind of listen to it because I'm trying to gain all that content knowledge for for that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I do it. Um, I know some other people. Um, oh, lady. Oh, I got to pull her up here because she's on she's on Twitter and she follows us. Oh, OK. Um, and she's always posting how far she's reading in books. How am I forgetting her name? I, I don't know it as soon as I see it. Go, go ahead. And, you, and yeah. I'll come back. Well, OK. Yeah. Find, find that. And then I've got a couple just uh, Sh- Shannon Alexandra kind of uh, just we got some comments here to Sir James uh, said, personally, if I'm reading more than one book at a time, they have to be a different genre 
I'm working on Wheel of Time right now, so um, I would have a hard time reading another high fantasy series at the same time. Uh, let's see here. Lady Annie Ellison, sorry. Oh, okay. She's always posting. Yeah, she's always posting. Uh, like, I'm, this is how far I'm reading. I think she uses uh, Goodreads, which is yeah. the... Uh, Right. A lot of people use that. And then you can like tweet like how far, how many pro- progress, how far you are in progress. It's pretty cool. I like, I like, I like seeing that um, on my Twitter feed. So, but yeah, so some people would do it like that. Though That's kind of where I'm at. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. So we've got, you know, Bannerman has no name. Um, haven't read the books yet, but the expansive TV show is awesome. Makes me want to, uh, makes me want to read them. Uh, oh, the Expanse series. Okay, so that's something he says he's, he's looking at reading through the Expanse series. Okay, haven't I don't know much about that. Uh, let's see, Mandy Smith, uh, Lady Mandy said, I do Audible. There's no way I'd be getting through multiple books without being able to listen while driving slash cooking, etc. I think that's key, right? I know we we listen mm-hmm. to books. I yeah, I'm 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 much bigger on audiobooks than I am. Yeah. Uh, that I am reading them. Right, right. I, I think a lot of people, some people will say, you know, oh, I'm missing some of those nitty, those those little details. And I will say if it's, as we go into, you know, prepping for like uh, like the podcast, I will make sure I have time to just re-listen to the chapter by itself without distraction, not doing laundry, nothing else, just listening and taking notes and doing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just listening to, for example, um, for Hyperspace Hangout, I, I listen to the Star Wars books and that I just I don't really know I, I I don't I'm not looking for every little minute detail and so I just listen there's to there's too much fun. yeah I just kind of there there it's there it's way too much yeah, yeah I mean it'd I be think impossible you just try to get the 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 gist of that and kind of understand what's going on there and so at least for me anyways um but yeah uh, Lady Amanda says there is no balance I fail horribly at it every time uh, it honestly depends on what I'm reading and a lot of times it's easier when one is uh, in an actual book. Uh, and then in and then the other book or the other thing that she's reading is in an audio book um, mm-hmm. or something I've already read. So, yeah, there you go. You could be reading the physical book and then make time where you can listen to a book, I guess, is another way to kind of manage that. Um, Deck said, I was doing a Song of Ice and Fire uh, audio book while reading books one and two of The Wheel of Time. Found it tough to focus on Wheel of Time, though. After finishing A Storm of Swords, I've now focused on The Wheel of Time audiobooks and am leaving Game of Thrones for a while. I found it a, a tough focusing on two books, but with audiobooks, I'm getting through them quicker overall, even one at a time. So, you know, I, I bring this up because it's something we do. We do balance different book series, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we do. Well, for me, I mean, <laughs> okay, I can I just, let me just have the floor here for a second? Because no, you can't. I'm, I'm taking it. Those, the, are you, <laughs> I, I keep wondering if Sir Matt's one of those people who's trying to stop me and he... <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm kidding. But dude, like, so let me think. I, I, when I leave like work on Thursday or Friday, or I'm sorry, yeah, probably Fridays, and I go down every other week, and I'm recording with Lane for uh, an unexpected podcast. I just listen to the chapter on the way down there. I've read that series mm-hmm. before, and I typically I, I listen to that chapter on the way there. But uh, you almost have to back up to the previous recording. When we're done recording, I will listen to the next chapter, like the day after, or on the drive back home. Got yeah, you gotcha. know, so that way I've heard it twice, and then boom, there I am. That's the world that I'm in for a little while, and that's my structure for that. And then for you and I on Sundays, like I said, I'll we get up in the morning, go work out, go get your coffee. Like we took our time today, and I went and re-listened to um, Sansa, 
and I'll probably tomorrow maybe listen to well yeah I will I will listen to Tyrion uh, at the start of the week and then at the end of the week I'll listen to it again that's just sort of my way to kind of make sure that Mm -hmm. that chapter really sticks and I don't have to like look at the book uh, line by line or you know whatever so that's how I do that and then as I said for Star Wars I've read most of the Legends books and that's just that's years of reading experience with that. And that's not, not, I'm not bragging. I just, I loved those books and I know that universe like the back of my hand. So mm-hmm. I guess when I'm listening to that, it, it just sinks in and it's, it's right. good. Now adding wheel of yeah. time has been interesting. I'll say that I, I have had to figure out how to manage that. So really I do it in bulk. I mean, I, I, once I start mm-hmm. with wheel of time, I'll listen to, I mean, I'll try to listen to half the book straight before I can get something right. else in. So that's typically on like my Tuesday through Thursday or Monday through Thursday or whatever where I'm listening to it just because it's, it's massive. So Right. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for me because the last book that I read for, for like just for, for pleasure, um, well, I guess because I mean, I do listen to Game of Thrones and stuff for like for fun, right? Yeah. It's not like I just, I'm just doing it just for the show, yeah. um, was the first Twilight book. You know, yeah. like I, I, pl- I plowed through it earlier uh, this year. I mean, like I just was hooked. Yeah. Just I was like, I was like plowed through it. I mean, you know, so it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, just if you find that if you find that right book, then I guess you're just like, all right, I'm going to just I'm just I'm just going to go. So I guess it kind of depends if it's something that really, you know, really grips you or or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, well, you know. it, it, it also, so, I mean, I mean, part of that was work, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, you know, because it's like we may podcast about that at some point soon because now there's a Facebook poll about it. So I'm just saying, you never know. <laughs> yeah, right. So do you remember like years ago when I came out to I came out to visit you and you had just like literally grinded through all of the Harry Potter series? You remember that? Well, I well, I hadn't just I hadn't just grinded through. I was working my way through. Oh, you were? So yeah, yeah. So when you came out, I was reading book three, Prisoners of Azkaban. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it was so like it was really weird because the first book took me like like a month to read. I was just like ah whatever. I couldn't get into it. Right. Then the second. So once I finished it, I was I just was like on like a Saturday morning. I was like well whatever. And then so I was was like I'm just gonna read the second book. I read the second book in a day, and it wasn't like amazing. I wasn't still really gripped until I read the third book and the third book was when I got hooked and then I just sprinted through mm-hmm. the yeah. rest yeah right well th- I mean that actually happens to me in A Song of Ice and Fire where I'll hit a chapter mm-hmm. that is so good and then the next one is good and then it just I like, get like a string of chapters where I'm like this is awesome this is a great point in the series right and then maybe something happens to where all right we're back to the law or whatever uh well you know and well the it kind of depends on how you're reading it because, you know, as we've talked about many times before, um, we found this kind of to be a problem in the first book is the Daenerys chapters because in A Game of Thrones, the only person who does anything over in Essos is is Daenerys. Yeah, right. And so you're just you're just going through everyone and then you get to a Daenerys chapter and it feels so distant, so far away that that's where that kind of lull happens. I think it, it tends to slow down a little bit, but I find myself sometimes um, just doing POV reads. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I'm just going to listen to, because I just like, like sometimes I'm just like, ah, it's not that I just like that character. It's like, I just, that's just not what I'm, I want to listen to right now. So I'll skip and I'll just, I'll just go through. Like there's a lot of times where I'm just listening to John and then it's like, all right, nope, 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 nope. Just keep going with John. 
Yeah, see, I'm actually going to make a mental note here to ask you, when we start doing, um, when we start talking about Wheel of Time, so the new podcast, by the way, for, for anyone who doesn't know, is uh, uh, Heroes of the Horn, all right? <laughs> Pretty mm-hmm. pretty big deal, all right. Heroes of the I don't horn. know what that mean. I don't know what that means yet, but but apparently it's a big deal. It's a big deal, all right. So you got to answer the call. Uh, it's a, it's our Wheel of Time podcast that we just sort of put a little teaser uh, out there for. But and in that, um, Sir Matt is going to be doing just an initial read. We're gonna. Right. My whole job is to gather. I'm, I'm gonna need some. Uh, basically, he's gonna need his own guard to protect him from from spoilers. Yeah. So because I haven't read it yet. So right, and we're gonna do this really try to try to like document this this authentic sort of capture the the first read through and really because I I almost wish I could have done that because I I love trying to to guess and think ahead about you know what's I, I love to try to figure it out you know what I'm saying I love to I love to look at the author's clues and 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 see if I can figure out where it's gonna go or then be surprised that I didn't see that coming and then go back and say well where was was there a clue for this like what did I miss I mean right or oh my god it's all fitting together so I'm really excited to record that with you and we're gonna need some some guards around you but you know you just mentioned the point of view rereads and kind of getting in let's say John for example or Tyrion's coming mm-hmm. up after Sansa I would love to do a, a, a Tyrion read through um, I think you're going to find in Wheel of Time when the characters split up. So at, at one point, there'll, there'll come a time where that's not major spoilers. You could probably imagine that would happen. In, wow. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> for, you literally <laughs> just ruined spoiled it. Spoiled the whole you thing. Literally. I mean, wow. They don't they don't stay together the entire <laughs> se- 15 book series. <laughs> People are like, wow, all right. Man. All right. Sir Ezra's off to a, a, bad, a bad I'm job. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But, You're telling me in 15 books they cannot figure out a way to keep the entire cast together. All the whole time, the whole time, they're, the they're whole never... entire time. Oh, I mean, Jiminy Christmas, man! Holy cow! But but I think you'll find you, at least I have in this reread, like man, I just want to keep going with that character. It's like oh gosh, we have to go back to the river and we have to build right. up again because you know the author will, like a good author does, leaves you kind of in this suspenseful moment. And right. okay, let's get the rest of the crew caught up to where you're at because they're about to intervene here or whatever. And so it's. It's pretty neat, I guess. But what's different about that is the characters. There, we'll talk about this in obviously in that show. But they're they're the arc or the the path or where they're at is, is way more interconnected. Sometimes I feel like in a song of ice and fire, the events affect one another, but the characters, you know, they're in different sides of the world. I don't. know. It's just for a time in a song of yeah. ice and fire, it can feel disconnected, and then then he brings it. You know, just got to stick with it. He'll bring them all back together, and it's all going to connect. But it's just also tough to see because it's not freaking finished yet. Gosh. Yeah. Dang it. Um, anyways, so, well, okay, yeah. thought that was a great question. You know, I just wanted to talk about reading because I, I do read so many different books, and people people kind of ask me, how, like, how do you keep it all straight? You have to have structure. You have to have your your routine. Like in the morning, I know what podcast I'm going to listen to, and I know what audiobook I'm going to listen to, and I know at what point during my drive I switch over. And on the way home, same thing. So, you know, but that's that. So, um, okay, cool. So make sure if you guys have a chance, you know, uh, at the horn of Valir, if you want to, if you, you want to follow uh, the new project, we've got a welcome episode coming out uh, next week. So be sure to subscribe there and check that out. The heroes, heroes of the horn. Um, the first episode will be January 1st, 2020, but we just got like a teaser and a welcome episode out there. So we'd mm-hmm. love to have you love to have you go over there and support and uh, get involved in that because it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's it's a high fantasy series. It's just really epic. Yeah. And so we're excited. Okay. Maluka. I get, before I forget, 
I love Maluka. Yes. Milo's awesome. She do, she does our outro song. Yes. Uh, she's wonderful. She's She was so gracious just to kind of say, absolutely, you know, like, uh, go for it. And she was happy if we just kind of plugged her once in a while and put a link to her to her stuff. But her new original album uh, just came out on November 11th. So, you know, go to mm-hmm. her YouTube page. She's got, like, a Patreon. She's got... Um, her own website, but she does really good stuff, and she she's she's a gamer. She's into a lot of yeah. gaming fantasy series type stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. be sure to check her. I out. mean, I'm 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 I think her her cover of the Skyrim song has like I mean I'm not joking I'm not exaggerating when I think it has over 50 million views on YouTube. It might, yeah, it might because she does videos like I think she did one like eight years eight years from when that hit and how it blew up. And just just the effects that it's had. So right, like we're honestly hoping with the Wheel of Time series that you have some type of song, something like what she did, that would be that epic because it's so cool. So what, her Dragon Reborn or not Dragon Reborn, Dragonborn, um, you know, song, which was just a great piece. So, oh, I'm sorry, twenty three million. My bad. Twenty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still, it's awesome. So, so shout out to her, and uh, we want to thank her very much for all her support and uh, we've been trying she got really busy there she was uh, interested in, in coming on the show at one point mm-hmm. and maybe maybe when the next tv series comes out we'll hit her up and see if she would like to come on and talk with us so i know people have always asked you know where where did you get your guys's outro and, and who is that singing so th- that is her and she's she's awesome she's really cool mm-hmm. so okay um also you can support us on kofi uh shout out to lady jessica of house springfield so, mm-hmm. you know, those are guaranteed shout outs if you if you want that. So Perfect. check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Do we have a captain's report? We do. We do. Yes, um, we do. So we have, uh, let's see here. Was Balon Greyjoy killed by a faceless man? And overwhelmingly, the response was no. It was one of those theories where people were kind of wondering, was someone hired for this? Uh, was it Euron? You know, who may it be? And there's there's some comments uh, suggesting, you know, uh, possibly who kills him. But uh, that was our captain's r- report there. And I tend to kind of agree that maybe it wasn't a faceless man. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So pretty neat. I mean, I, it's, it, it's, it's still possible, but mm-hmm. not probable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, just kind of neat. As, as this, you know, in, in A Clash of Kings, it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be losing some people. So th- these polls are, it's kind of neat to, to look at, like, why did someone, you know, uh, die or who's behind what or mm-hmm. what plotting is taking place, who's killing who. The- yeah, and that and that is something that, that's one of the big differences between the show and the book. Um, in the show, it is Euron that kills him, mm-hmm. but it happens so much later yeah. In in the sh- in the show, uh, you almost forget who Balon Greyjoy is. You're like, who is this guy? I haven't seen him in like five seasons. Um, right. And it's just one of those things where, again, you know, we talked about the the issues with season eight, and he possibly season seven. I think I think that's in season six, okay. which was where they were starting to run out of content, and it was, hey, let's go back and add in some of that stuff we kind of forgot to do was what a lot of people had always kind of described that scene as. And, and I remember like some of the interviews around that time. So uh, it does happen, just not in seasons two or three, which are what the show kind of two seasons two and three is like roughly a clash of Kings into the, to the book comparison. That's where all that content is coming from. So it does not happen in those seasons, but it does happen in the, in the, in the show. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, always always good to you know check the differences between the two. So uh, you always wonder too, like does the show know something? I mean, did they? Were they told something, and that's that's why it's exactly. depicted that way? That's, that's what I think. It's exactly, yeah. So, so okay, okay. yeah. All right. Well, uh, ready for the reread, Sir Ezra? Yeah, ready for the reread. I mean, we. Uh, well, the only thing I, I wanted to mention just quickly was in the Maester study, and it's it's short. It's just. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, man, I was skipping hey, over man. an entire segment there. Dude, House hey. red wine. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's not like uh, the, we could almost skip over it. It's not a huge deal, but I mean, House red wine itself is important. But in this in this chapter, really, you just get a quick little connection to the red wine twins, and. We kind of see that they have been, uh, yeah, that they've been taken by Cersei, and they're being held really to keep the Red Wine fleet, you know, loyal to the crown. And I think that's the, that's just a big thing to kind of remember. So Paxter Redwine is is the, uh, you know, he's sort of the head of the house, if you will, and his twin sons are are there, and they've been kind of uh, taken. Um, mm-hmm. We first see Horus. Uh, Red wine in the hands tourney, and he's unhorsed by Jory Cassell. Pour one out for him, right? In that in that yeah. uh, first joust there, so they stick around. And as we know, in this chapter, we're going to have King Joffrey's name day. They're here. They're they're here again, and and it t- just talks about how uh, Horace did a little better than his brother Sir Hubber, um, you know, and who they went up against and and everything. But I think it's just kind of. Interesting to note that that House Redwine is important and that they have a large fleet and right, you know. Well, I mean the the most important Redwine <laughs> we meet is, um, well, she was formerly Olena uh, Redwine, which is mm-hmm. she's now you know the the Queen of Thorns, yep. you know um, Tyrell or Olena Tyrell. So yeah, yeah. But she was a Redwine, so that was the that's that's their their uh, prominent family in the Reach, and so she married into the Tyrells. Yeah, which yeah, it's a good little tie-in. It's a, it's a good little uh, connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I've always thought their sigil is kind of cool. I don't know why. I just yeah. think it just it's just a blue blue shield with like grapes. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The grapes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just interesting. We'll keep we'll keep a, a you know track of them. Um, there's not. We kind of I I don't know. They're they're referenced again in the Storm of Swords and in A Feast for Crows and then briefly in a Dance of Dragons. So. Uh, they'll be around for a bit, I and mean, the house will be there. But it's just like, what role will they play? When are we gonna When are we gonna see them really in action? And you know, all the, all the good. So there, there's a lot of history to them, which is cool. So when we talk about the uh, the arbor and and uh, the fleet and everything that kind of goes with House Redwine, that's been important, significantly, you know, in, in the histories. But it it um, here in this a Song of Ice and Fire, it hasn't been as important. You know, during the Dance of Dragons. So you look at the TV show. I think House Redwine is probably going to be more prominent. We're going to get to meet some of uh, the, their members and and see how they influenced the histories and how uh, they interacted with the Targaryens. So, but that's really about it for them. I just wanted to give them a, a quick mention, and we've been trying more so in the Maester study just to pull out some of those other houses and and take a look at them and discuss them a little bit. So keep an eye on them as we as we move forward. So. Yeah, I was looking up Lady Weber because I thought that she married into the Red Wines at some point, but I was I was wrong. I was, she does not. She doesn't. Uh, she yeah, she marries a couple times though. So, aren't the Webers mentioned in that in that book though? Which one? 
Oh, you mean the the red wines? Are they mentioned? Yeah. Are they mentioned in? Um, they must be. That's why I'm thinking of it. Never mind. They might be. Yeah, they, they might be. Well, let me see here. So in the histories, um, I don't think it's really so. During now, nah, there's they claim descent from Gilbert of the Vines. So when you remember, we were originally thinking about that the the long night show or that what was it going to be called Blood Moon or something. Right, yeah, that they that they just canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe this would be one of those houses too that we would we would see because there's a connection back to the age of heroes and all that kind of stuff. But uh, so so they've been around for a long time, um, and like I said, they were a big deal during the Dance of Dragons. Uh, let's see, if there's anything else? Nah, just more marriages and stuff, trying to secure alliances and 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 things. Um, uh, it kind of skips right over the the Blackfire stuff. I don't really see a whole lot. There, I'm sure they were mentioned, though. You know, this has been this has been a house that's been in in Germ's mind for a long time. So, you know, yeah, they're certainly a prominent family in the reach. So, yeah. okay, all right. Well, let's move on to the reread. Last week we were with Arya one, where Arya was traveling north with Yorin of the Night's Watch, disguised as a boy. When the orphan boy known as Hot Pie tries to steal her sword needle, Arya beats him bloody. Yorin takes her aside for punishment and reveals that her father was supposed to be allowed to take the black rather than executed. Um, this week, uh, we're with Sansa one, but the last time we were with Sansa was Sansa six in a game of Thrones where she was in a depression after the execution of her father. Joffrey arrives to uh, browbeat her into attending him into court after court. Joffrey takes her to the ramparts to see the heads of her father and household for a fleeting moment. Sansa has the opportunity to push Joffrey off the wall, but it disappears too soon. Uh, this week, Sansa one of A Clash of Kings. Sansa Stark attends the tourney of King Joffrey's name day. After several poor contests, Joffrey becomes enraged when Sir Dantas Hollard arrives half-naked and too drunk to compete. Sansa manages to convince Joffrey to make Dantas his new fool instead of executing him. Afterwards, while Prince Tommen is riding against a Quentin, uh, Tyrion Lannister arrives to assume his position as acting hand of the king. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So, boy, Sir Dantas. <laughs> Gee, many Christmas fella. Get Big deal, together. man. He becomes he becomes the new fool. Him and Moon Boy. Yeah, <laughs> they they do. Wearing their motley, sleeping together, and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He well, I mean, Moon Boy's Moon Boy's doing some sleeping. Oh, he according sure, to Tyrion in, oh. in the third book. So we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sure is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jamie thinks about it for a while. Let me tell you. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, this is the third fool we've heard about in the first, you know, three chapters. Yeah, yeah, they're big fools. Deal. Are mentioned a lot, a lot in the in the in this book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would we even got, say we got patch. We got Patchface. We got yeah. Moonboy. Now we have Serdantis. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, yeah. They're a pretty big deal, and it's sort of like, uh, yeah. Why is that? What was he thinking during that time? It's just I don't. Either. It's weird. Don't it's sometimes weird what what Gurm, you know, focuses. In. There's a reason. There's a reason for it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, uh, yeah. Uh, all right here. Well, um, the morning of King Joffrey's name day dawned bright and windy with the long tail of a great comet visible through the high scuttling clouds. Sansa was watching it from her tower window when Sir Eris Oakhart arrived to escort her down to the tourney grounds. What do you think it means? She asked him. 
Glory to your betrothed, Sir Aris answered at once. See how it flames across the sky today on his uh, grace's name day, as if the gods themselves had raised a banner in his honor. The small folk had named it King Joffrey's Comet. Yeah. And then uh, she said she's also heard many servants call it the dragon's tail. Um, and then he goes on to say, King Joffrey sits where Aegon the dragon once set in the castle built by his son. He is the dragon's heir, and crimson is the color of House Lannister, another sign. This comrade is sent to herald Joffrey's ascent to the throne, I have no doubt. Uh, you know, and then she goes on to say, isn't he a Baratheon? Shouldn't it be, a, you know, a yellow or black? Yeah. Comment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. So, yeah, th- th- that's going to be a focus, as we said at the beginning of this book, for, for a couple of chapters. F- trying to figure out what the comet is and how is it significant and what sign does it, what, what does it mean? And, and you know, mm-hmm. Grim sitting there going, it doesn't mean diddly squat. You know, it's just a we comet. Still don't, we, st- we still don't entirely know. <laughs> no, it's just a comet. People will make of it what they will. It's, that's sort of the, 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 the craziness to it. You know, some things have meaning, some things are whatever, and then others mm-hmm. don't. It's just kind of like, ah, it's... Yeah, I mean, so you've got a handful of things going on at this comet. Um, Daenerys and the dragons. You've got John getting ready to march out towards, uh, you know, to, to become to become a ranger. Uh, Joffrey's name day, and of course, Stannis Baratheon becoming Azor High. You know, the, the one true king, the prince that was promised. I mean, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Probably most likely there. Um, and <laughs> just joking, but seriously, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, yeah. Um. Yeah, you know something. So you were as you read that first little bit. I, I was thinking about uh, uh, Sir Aerys Oakheart, right? The member mm-hmm. of the Kingsguard, and he's one. I feel like he's one of the younger Kingsguard members. Uh, he seems real youthful. I'd have to check though. I know he becomes a member in 290 AC, uh, but uh, he. So in, in the in the first. So in a Game of Thrones, he does compete in the Hands Tourney. Uh, along with the other white cloaks of the King's Guard, doesn't really give much as to what the outcome was there for him in that tourney. Uh, it's asked whether or not he's going to ride in the list today. And actually, when he shows up to King Joffrey after escorting Sansa, he he departs. And Sansa will say that he was the only one when asked to strike her that refused at first. But eventually, you know, gave in to Joffrey's command to strike her. You know, he's always having his Kingsguard uh, hit her. Or the, she talks about the bruises that she's trying to cover up on her arms, and he did not. And what's cool about him is that later on, y- you do kind of um, kind of start to like him later on in the series. And he, he well, just, you know, heads up, he gets he gets seduced by you know, someone from Dorne, and, and uh, it's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, he, it's he's a, he's a cool kind of character and we haven't heard a whole lot about him until right now we're getting inter- introduced to these members and i think some of that world bend- world building that that germ was trying to do he, he tried to fill in some of the king's guard make sure we know who's who the other one who would not hit her was um the hound he, he was never asked to i think maybe because he might i think joffrey knew he wouldn't and maybe he would outright refuse to maybe he even said i don't i often think with the hound he might have said after he witnessed someone else hit Sansa, he might have said to Joffrey in private, don't ever ask me to do that, you know, right. or I'll turn you down and I'll whatever. You know, I, I it seems like you can talk to Joffrey in, in private like that as long as he's mm-hmm. not being embarrassed and, or whatever and let him know, don't ever ask me to do that. Or, you know, the days of me being your dog 
are over. I mean, I don't know if he said that, but it'd be kind of cool if he did. So, yeah, I don't know. Aries, yeah. Aries Ocart, just interesting little. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He has an interesting character. Um, we'll learn more about him. I think it's is Storm Swords where that's going. The stuff's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Feast for Crows. It's Feast for Crows, right? Right, but but starts in Storm. Yeah, and then then we'll get a lot of it in, in a Feast Feast for Crows. Yeah, but, and he dies. Yeah. He dies, and then the the Martells kind of freak out because they're like, "Well, we need to come up with a story about his death." Right? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a big deal. But but he's he's also trying to do kind of the right thing. I, I guess you see a tender side to him. You you at least see people who don't like. He had a little defiance in him, and he he at least understood that that right. wasn't right to strike a lady like that, and mm-hmm. kind of probably doesn't think too well of Joffrey. And, and Sansa was glad that he was the one who came to collect her and, and take her to the tourney. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Um, so after um, after she's kind of taken down this is where they're this is where they're they're going to go attend uh attend attend the tourney mm-hmm. yep uh you know the the attorney in in joffrey's uh you know joffrey, joffrey's name day uh and when she's then when she's having um some you know converse conversations uh with joffrey mm-hmm. uh you know it's she's she's kind of she's th- this chapter uh, itself she kind of slips up with her like it's it's about her kind of learning how to talk at court the things she should say yeah the things yeah. she shouldn't say the things that she kind of slips up there's something she mumbles later uh, nobody hears but Tyrion and so yeah. I mean that's that's kind of the theme of, of this of this chapter here and and actually her I would say with this book is um, you know the last chapter the last book she's kind of just thrown into this really unfortunate situation this is really where she kind of begins her journey in learning how to play the game yes yeah for sure well yeah as you say she, she's made mistakes uh, before and just what she's said or what she's been willing to say to Joffrey uh, and mm-hmm. it's gotten her bruises it's gotten her struck it's he's he's doing awful terrible things so it's like extreme stuff that's causing her to react it's not like she's just upset with the look on his face and says something about it. I mean, she's not, she's not like an idiot or whatever. She's, but she's also very naive at first in trying to figure out what's going on. The hound gave her a couple subtle reminders or, or I guess some Mm -hmm. advice, some subtle advice. So yeah, like as you say, right here in this chapter after Sir Aries, you know, kind of bows out and says, you know, pray, pardon me, your grace. I must equip myself for the list. Uh, the, here's where you have this little interaction between her and, and, and Joffrey, and he notices that she's wore that she's wearing um, some of the stones or some of the jewelry mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. that he gave her. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I like I like this that that following line. Yeah. Uh, so the king had decided to play the gallant today. She, you know, Sansa was relieved. She says, "I thank you for them and for your tender words. I pray a, a lucky name day, your grace." Right. Yeah, and then he and he even you know sit he 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 commands, but at least he's you know not gonna like hit her or something. Yeah, and, and I think what what's interesting is you watch when you watch how he behaves and, and the people who he's around and where he's at. A lot of times it's although I I don't think he'd hold back from hitting her in front of everybody else or doing something here or having one of his king's guard do it. I mean he does stuff in court to her that's ridiculous. So oh absolutely yeah absolutely yeah but but I think he's at least trying to. I don't know. He, he he's kind of delusional. He's he he thinks he's mm-hmm. just king, and he's got like it describes him as, as uh, having his leg casually thrown over the chair here while he's out watching this and just sort of you know dismissing people. He's almost like he he gets right. bored really quickly, and he just mm-hmm. wants to 
I don't know, wreak havoc and on the world and people mm-hmm. and just be a, I hate him. Okay. I can't stand yeah, him. Yeah. Well, a lot of, most people do. Yeah. Hey, many Christmas. Yeah. I, I don't think there's many people who are like, you know, my favorite character is Joffrey. <laughs> I just really, it's really, yeah, really yeah, I'm really liking this guy. Yeah. Um, so after she's sitting down there, this is when he tells her about, uh, the beggar King. So he tells her about what happened to Viserys. Uh, and then he, you know, he talks about how the Dothraki gave him a golden crown. Right. He's like, you know, that that's funny, don't you think? The dragon was their sigil. It's almost as if some wolf killed your traitor brother. Maybe I'll feed him to the wolves after I've caught him. Did I tell you I intend to challenge him to single combat? You know, I should like to see that, your grace. Arya, or excuse me, uh, Sansa's uh, responses, you know, more than, you know, and then Joffrey kind of eyes her, you know, deciding whether she's mocking him or not. But again, that's a line where she can kind of mock him, but set, still make it seem like, oh, you know, it's that's a, a yeah. smart answer. It is. Yeah, it's better than before. Um, mm-hmm. Wait until he gives you let him give you something. And even mm-hmm. though he's being torturous here, uh if you in your own mind can kind of say, I'm going to say this, but it's got double meaning and right. it means something. It will mean something to him based on the right. words that he hears. But to me, here's what it means secretly. So, right. Well, because you, then you, you know, a lot of what happens in court, you see this a lot with like little finger. Yeah. Um, or, you know, he'll say things in a way that is both mocking, but also doesn't make him look like a jerk. It makes, it makes you look like a fool, not you like him look like an attacker in a way and trying to th- you know you mm-hmm. know oh i do yeah there? yeah absolutely yeah absolutely it's that's that's playing the game as you say that's that's learning how to um be a little more witty uh, just just uh mm-hmm. be smarter about your responses and and what you say and let them be kind of a double-edged sword you know and, and exactly yeah okay um let's see so, so then yeah go uh, she asked him if he's gonna enter the lists <laughs> to to fight and you know he says uh, my mother says I'm not allowed um, and then you know he then he kind of asks the hound do you think I'd you know to win he's like against this lot yeah why not yeah why not? yeah right but he calls them a bunch of a uh, bunch of gnats right just they're they're, mm-hmm. they're nothing right. really so and they really are there's there's not any like big I don't know it just, like like the big epic battles are not there and it's like why is that there's something grand that was lost with Robert Baratheon. You know, he, I don't know if they're just being more responsible in in the... Well, obviously, there's chaos in the realm, which, right. is, which is for sure. Well, right. I, 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 there's not that many people that are going to attend because yeah, at, they're at this point up. in time, other... Well, well, not only that, but at this point in time, uh, just about everybody is enemies to the crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the Starks clearly aren't going to send anybody to your your tournament. The the Vales, the Vales mm. actually really kind of just sitting out. Really, I mean, yeah, uh, they they're kind of just held up. I mean, I guess you could say they're aligned with River Run because they did have Tyrion there, but they're really just kind of sitting out, not doing any, anything. Dorne obviously isn't involved. Um, the Reach, mm-hmm. uh, they're with Renly Baratheon in the Stormlands. So, I mean, really, who who do you ha- who do you have to attend? Yeah, it's, it's what makes this such a, a ridiculous lot here, and that's really that's why you have Sir Dantas show up. I mean, exactly right. That that's the best you can. I mean, he he's here, and and this is uh, and that's why Sir Aerys says at the beginning, like he's like, I'll probably win, I'll probably win it. Like it's there's really no one solid here to challenge him. Exactly. Uh, so it's gonna be really it's gonna come down to like a battle between the Kingsguard. So 
Um, so okay, so um, then they all kind of start getting ready. We, we do, like you said, we do get a little bit of world building here. We do learn a little bit more about some of these other um, houses. House Redwine is there. Um, you know, Sir Hobber of House Redwine of the Arbor. Uh, you know, says he tr- he trots in his lan- lance is striped. Um, the Redwine twins. We hear a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Balin or Sir Balin Swan of the Stoneheart. Stonehelm in the Red Watch came the Herald's Cry. Um, you know, we hear uh, Morris of House Slint, Lord uh, Janus of House Harrenhal. So that's really kind of our our cast yeah. for this tournament. It, it's important to note, too, that the Red Wines are, it says that the, they're the Queen's unwilling guest. So they're really mm-hmm. hostages. Um, you know, that they're, they're there. Um, they're, they're forced to kind of, they didn't really want to be in this, in this tourney, but they're, they're air quote guests, so they have to kind of do what Cersei wants them to do, and uh, yeah, yeah. As you say, you've got Sir Balin Swan is pretty cool. That it's pretty cool that he's yeah. there. He's a big deal. Um, but how Slint? Yeah, I mean, they talk about Janice Slint and and him getting rewarded Heron Hall, and they talk about how ridiculous it is that he just was kind of a captain of the Gold Cloaks, and then mm-hmm. because of his betrayal of Eddard Stark, I mean, he gets Heron Hall. Well, that place is cursed. So good luck with that, mm-hmm. buddy. Yeah, have fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we know how it goes for him. Not very well. No, not very well. Yeah, he gets what he deserves. Sort of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. Oh, they even mentioned so you know Lord Baelish has a free rider in this as well, and then Sir Dantos of House Hollard is 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 there who we've we've mentioned. Uh. So, yeah, we get some of that. The, the, so we get the the back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. there. Let me see. And even so, then I mean, as 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 these the they start jousting each, uh, each other. Um, this, you start getting comments from the Hound and Joffrey talking about you know this isn't this isn't really that good. Yeah. Everyone everyone seems kind of bored. You know, gnats. They they keep saying. Yep. Um, you know, then it says you know the king was growing bored. It made Sansa uh, anxious. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is and this is when Sir Dantas shows up. Sir Dantas, <laughs> the Red of House Hollard. Jeez, man, he shows up and it's like he's I mean, everything's everything's hanging out. Like, well, how drunk was mm-hmm. he, man? <laughs> hey, man, he is he's he's a free rider, uh, you know, and obviously crazy. he has he has some ties to Peter Baelish. It it, it just it's mind blowing that he is he is as drunk as he is. He comes out there, his manhood's flopping out all over the place. You know, he's. People are laughing. People are losing. It's funny. Like people are, they think it's hysterical, and Joffrey doesn't. He has this sort of like glint in his eye, and Sansa's kind of worried. Like, oh crap, he was getting bored. This is not real sporting, and it's almost like it's making a mock of his name day in a sense. So, who decided to sign Sir Dantas up for this? He also, by well, the way, is yeah. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Well, I was just say it's, it's Lothar Brune who yeah, who's is the free rider of of Peter Baelish. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but he go, he's the one who goes up against Sir right. Dantas. Yeah. Um. So in the very first, when Sansa's at court after uh, her father has been killed, he's one who who tries to speak up to her and say something to Sansa, but was quickly hushed and so and almost mm-hmm. like embarrassed, like oh crap, I can't talk to her because. Yeah, yeah, she her her dad was just killed or whatever, and you know the Starks are are bad. But he doesn't. He's just trying to. It, it was a, an interesting little thing that that Grim did there in in uh, in the first book, just to kind of mm-hmm. make a make a, it's a special note that that Sir Dantas does try to 
reach out because she's she's taking in everyone's expressions and how they're not talking to her. But it was unique that he did try, but then was was quieted. So anyways, um, she I think that maybe does help a little bit in her taking sympathy for him. But she just doesn't want to. It's like, why? Why doesn't she just let Joffrey do his thing here? Sir Matt, mm-hmm. you know, why doesn't she just let him, uh, you know, like you just drown him with wine? I mean, uh, I think she, I think it's just I think it's nature? by accident. that she, I think it's no, I think it's by accident that she speaks up. I mean, obviously, she does. She certainly doesn't condone it. But I I think because once she says it, yeah, I think she true. realizes what she said. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it was she just didn't mean to say it. Yeah. Out, I don't well, think she meant to say it out loud. I, I also think maybe subconsciously, too, that that like since there was that you know, situation, the, like the nod mm-hmm. to her in the first book or the, a, a bit of kindness, a bit of kindness. Cause she's really trying to read and pick up on, you know, who in the King's guard are kind to her at the end of this chapter. Mm-hmm. She realizes that, you know, Tyrion is, is uses kinder words and, Oh, I would much rather be betrothed to Tommen right. because he's a kinder, gentler soul. So right. anyways, yeah, I think, but then yeah, it kind of causes her to lose control and, as you say, blurt out. Right, because when it says it, when she says it, it says, uh, Sansa could not believe that she had spoken. Was she mad to tell him no in front of half the court? She hadn't meant to say anything. Only Sir Drontus was drunk and silly and useless, but he meant no harm. Mm-hmm. Did you say, I can't? Yeah, uh, you know, then she has to think about, then she, you know, it takes her a second to kind of come up with some cover. And that's why Joffrey says, you're lying, like you made that up. And that's when the hound steps in and says, no, everyone knows that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, when she first... Uh, saw Joffrey and she did her curtsy she wished him luck on his name day mm-hmm. and then here she says mm-hmm. well it'll be ill luck so just good writing you know a little tiny connection right that it'll be um, you know ill luck to kill someone on your name day so exactly yeah, yeah. yep uh, so yeah he decides to to make him his fool and mm-hmm. uh, but I mean he was gonna bring out a bunch of wine and just have him drink it all and and drown and in the show they do do that don't they they start to mm-hmm. and that's sort of what yes, pushes, they do they do start to yeah right pushes uh sansa to kind of say all right no 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 or you know say something uh, right exactly yeah yeah and then and that's when Tyr- that's when Tyrion shows up in the yeah. show yeah yeah well and, and that happens kind of the same way here too we we um we will get Tommen doing his thing that's the bit that they cut out right is Tommen he's mm-hmm. been promised that he can ride today and and actually, it's funny because the hounds sort of like, why not? A bunch of gnats mm-hmm. out there. You probably yeah, could exactly. ride against some of these guys. Like, I mean, Sir Tommen, uh, or, or you know, Prince Tommen probably could have taken Sir Dantas actually in the mm-hmm. state that he's in. And and wow, you want to talk about a character that is drastically different in the show and the book? I mean, they 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 portray Tommen in the in the show obviously he, as kind of younger. Yeah. Um, but in the books, I mean, he is. It seems he comes across as a lot younger. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, I, I mean, a, a lot. I mean, this seems like a this seems almost like a three or four year old out there riding when he when he suits up and rides against. Yeah, you know, rides against rides against the straw. Not somebody who is supposed <laughs> to be like you know nine or ten. I mean, it, yeah. he seems like. I mean, he seems like. I mean, he does. He comes across as somebody who's like three or four. You know, okay, two. So two things about Tommen. I mean, he he has a similar because Sansa compares him to uh, to Bran. You know, her her mm-hmm. brother. 
And he's really almost more like Rickon. Yes, yes. But he has a similar spirit. Like, they both want to be knights. They both exactly. want to be kind of gallant and stuff. And they talk about Tommen having, like, the short, stubby, chubby kind of legs and just the way he's, mm-hmm. he's running out there. I can kind of see him. He's the same height as Tyrion. Uh, but he's when he's out there and he gets knocked down, like, it's like, oh, there's all this sort of, like, screaming. Oh, is he okay? Is he okay? But then, but then he rises. But then he mm-hmm. gets back up, Sir Matt, and it's like mm-hmm. it's like he's got courage, you know. He's getting back mm-hmm. on his horse, and you're like, it's such a little little moment. It's not really even that epic, but it's just funny in my head to kind of think like, up oh, there's there's uh, King Tommen rising again. Well, the funny th- the funny thing is, it's just how in detail they go into it. You know, he rides and he misses. Oh, and then like everyone's right. like everyone's all into it. Then okay, he gets back up and he goes again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and Joffrey's just sitting there like, "Oh my god, this is, this is dumb. Like, yeah, this, this is dumb. This is so stupid." Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's cool. He raises the blade high, casterly rock, and he's just like, "Oh, there he goes." <laughs> he's, I know he's going nuts. <laughs> it's great. It's well, you good. can totally envision. You, I mean, you totally envision like a three or four year old, like oh. you know, you get like when they get a new toy or whatever. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, they go, they they go nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's where she starts to kind of think like it, it'd be almost better to. Mary Tommen, I wish he were the elder, I think is what she says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only Tommen were the elder uh, instead of Joffrey, Sansa thought. I, I wouldn't mind marrying Tommen. So, yeah, and he would have been, he would have been kind, you know, a lot, a lot kinder. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, huh. Well, uh, Mar- Marjorie, Marjorie gets to experience that, so. Yeah, she does. And actually, they take matters into their own hands, for sure. They're not going to, mm-hmm. th- they're not going to let, uh, Marjorie, Mary, Joffrey. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, yeah. Especially when you you see someone like Tom and next in line, like absolutely, yeah, yeah. So um, okay, so right, so you know, so that's when we see. So the riders, Tommen is yeah. out there. Yeah, the riders. He's out there. His you know sword goes flying. His his pony you know canters away, and then they the, Joffrey's laughing, and they help him back up. He go he goes he goes back again and does it, and uh, yeah, you know everyone's everyone everyone's having a great time. And this is when Tyrion shows up. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, you've got the column of riders emerge from beneath the uh, beneath the portcullis with a clink of steel and clatter of hooves. Uh, Cle- Clegane stepped close to the king. He's got one hand on the hilt of his longsword, so he's doing his job. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. Exactly. Uh, he ain't no slouch. So, um, there's a few of these guys riding in with red cloaks. Uh, look like they're they're ma- they're they're Lannister men at arms, uh, but more were free riders and sell swords, mm-hmm. which which you know are this these mountain clan men, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and they look yeah. like they're battle worn. Yeah, those are his, and, yeah, those are his. Those are his people. Those man. are his boys. Yeah, he's he's got. Yeah, he's and he's smart to keep them around. Really, I, even though they're, yeah, absolutely they're, they're dangerous. I mean, he knows he's got enemies. He knows he's got. Like, well, he can get a band ex- of people well, exactly is that those people will kill anybody on on his on his command. That's true. You don't have to worry about yeah. it. I mean, it's it's different when you have. It's not like those people. Honestly, are probably the best people you could hope for because. Yep. They they don't care. You're not going to buy them off. I mean, they don't. They barely even know what right. gold is, right? I mean, they're like, we don't want your gold. We want your weapons. So, right. and I mean, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not looking to make like marriage alliances and betray one house or tell secrets and trade secrets. Yeah, they're just. What yeah, ends up happening to all these people? Well, a lot they of they fight in the and... they fight in the battle, right? They fight yeah. in the battle yeah. of, of the Blackwater, but then I guess yeah, they just, I... I guess the remaining ones just go home, right? Or do they yeah, all there, die? There's, there's a... 
No, there's there's a couple that stick around. I I uh, yeah, I think there's even some of the, at at the wedding. Wow. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I have to triple check myself there, but yeah. Uh, but it's kind of yeah, it's cool. It's a cool. It's a weird. It's almost like uh, you know, no one really knows how to interact around or interact with them, or they're just they're abrupt, and it's like, what are they? They they, they exactly. just clash so much with the court. It's just right. They clash with funny. the king. They do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, great. Uh, we just lost like eight listeners. Yeah, you know, lame. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so so yeah, so they're coming in here and and um. And Tommen takes off. He sees he sees his uncle, and I, this is so cool. It was it mm-hmm. was neat. I love that this is in here. Uh, Princess Marcella and and Tommen are super happy to see Tyrion. You know they they take off. I mean he's Tommen's running there. He's just laughing. You mm-hmm. know he's just he's just so happy to see him. And then he's picked up by uh, he's picked off of his horse and set down next to next to Tyrion. And he's like the same size. And uh, yeah, so. I don't know, just just pretty pretty cool. Marcella came running after her brother, and the dwarf picked her up by the waist and spun her in a circle, mm-hmm. uh, squealing. He lowered her back to the ground. The little man kissed her lightly on the brow and came waddling across the yard towards Joffrey. Yeah, so the dwarf uh, went to one knee before the king, your grace. You, Joffrey said. Me, the imp agreed. Although a more courteous greeting might have been in order for an uncle and an elder, he's always trying to... You right. know, like, remind yeah. Joffrey, he, like, come on, you know. Exactly. Yeah, he and Joffrey obviously do not get along. Um, right. And so then he's, uh, you know, he's, he's that's when that's when they're talking. They, they talk a little bit. You know, he says, I'm sorry for your loss. He's like, uh, you're, you know, he's like, what loss? He's like, your dad, you know, the the king. <laughs> he, had a, he had a big right. man, black beard. Do you, do you remember him? And he's like, oh, yeah, he was killed by a boar. Is that what they say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's. Like really, again, that's mm-hmm. partially Robert Baratheon's fault. He had really no, no, like no relationship with his kids, not even any of his bastards. I right. mean, like, geez. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, and they're not even his kids, which we know, kind of thing. Or do right. we know? Uh, well, the bastards Cersei, are definitely his kids. They're definitely his kids. Yes. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So th- th- this is why they're not wearing, you know, Baratheon garb. And their uncles are out to get them too, so they're all wearing red. They've got the, uh, they're lions. I mean, that's what they are. They're Lannister lions. Mm-hmm. So, even though they have the last name Baratheon, it's, just, it's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so this is when uh, Sansa and Tyrion start talking. Uh, you know, she says, "What did Septi? What did Septim Mordain used to tell me that a lady armor, a lady's armor is her courtesy?" So this is where she's um, talking with Tyrion, and Tyrion is actually really receptive and really uh, nice and and ple- and pleasant to her. Um, and you know, this is where he, he says something about, um, you know, I'll never, you know, be mean to you. Um, mm-hmm. trying yeah. to find the exact, the exact line here. Uh, yeah, she said, um, let's see. She, well, when he asked, you know, why is she so sad? She says, my father, uh, was a traitor. Sansa said it once. And my brother and lady mother are traitors as well. That, that reflex she had, uh, learned quickly. I am loyal to my beloved Joffrey. No doubt, as loyal as a deer surrounded by wolves. Mm-hmm. Lions, she whispered without mm-hmm. thinking. Right. She glanced about her nervously, uh, but there was no one else there to hear, except for, you know, Tyrion. Right. Um, and then he kind of says, you know, I'm only a little lion child, and I vow I shall not savage you. So there's that. Um, but then he goes off to his urgent uh, business with the queen, and she kind of thinks, 
you know, he, uh, her internal thoughts there are that, um, although he's kind of grotesque or whatever, but like mm-hmm. he's, he speaks right. more gently than Joffrey. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the queen spoke gently to her at first as well. Mm-hmm. And he is so still, and he's still a Lannister. So, um, yeah, that's don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, and that's kind of the chapter in the, in the show. It's kind of funny because, uh, he's having that conversation, you know, Joffrey's having that conversation with him and he's like, well, I have to go. I have business to attend to. And he's like, wait, what business? You know, what do you have? What do you like? What are you doing? Cause Joffrey realize doesn't really realize what he's there for, uh, to, yeah. be, to be hand of the hand of the King. It's just, it's just a cool way when that kind of happens. Cause it's kind of like a big, you know, the scene just makes it look like a big slap in the face to Joffrey, which is great. Of course. Right. Yeah. So, right. Um, yeah, but you know, uh, it's again, it's, it's, this is where we get to see, uh, kind of the changing of, of the guard here. Now Ned Stark's out as hand of the King Tyrion's in Joffrey is now King instead of Robert. Um, Sansa is learning to play the game a little bit, you know, just even from internalizing, you know, just learning as, as she's going here. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's, it'll be neat to kind of see how, how quickly she has to to figure out. I mean, for mm-hmm. her own life and for her own. I mean, it, you, you wouldn't think. She, she, so she's a hostage, and mm-hmm. like Cersei's trying to figure out that. Or she she knows it's important to keep these people alive. She's got the red wine twins there as well. Like it's that's a very strategic move to make. But her son is an absolute idiot and just killed one of their their most like important hostages. And then you've got a situation where like Catelyn. Tully later on is going to be doing something really stupid as well. So it's weird. Like, they, like you know you're supposed to keep these people. Um, you're supposed to keep these hostages and stuff, but, like, emotions get in the way. And they're, like, mm-hmm. but in both cases, Joffrey does something to give up one of theirs, and Lady Catelyn does something to give up uh, a hostage that the mm-hmm. Starks have, and it's both guided by just, um, well, there's just strong emotion. Exactly. Well, well that's, that's what we learn in the Game of Thrones. You cannot make mistakes. And you really have to uh, be kind of ruthless. You can't make can't make bad decisions. That's what gets you killed. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so uh, okay. All right. Well, hey, uh, let's move on over to send a raven. Yeah. So this week we have a raven uh, from Lady Becky, uh, La- Lady Becky Fay, uh, the Gentle Heart, and mm-hmm. I just want to say before we read this, like, kind of spoilerish. So. You know, if you're doing an initial read and you want to avoid this, uh, feel free to. Uh, but we did say, you know, we, we'd like Ravens to kind of come in and be mm-hmm. about various parts of the series and mm-hmm. and uh, just gives us kind of a chance to do that, that little yeah. follow-up Friday stuff. So, so here we go. Um, hello, sirs. I know it's a reoccurring theme that you have gone into before about Lord Commander Mormont's Raven. So here we go. That, that Raven who we... <laughs> Yeah, he's always talking, saying something. Is it important? Is it not? Um, is he being, yeah, w- mm-hmm. uh, you know, skin changed or what have you? Okay, and how it seems to understand the things that he says, uh, where John is involved, and how Sam trains Ravens to vote John uh, as Lord Commander later. But I've just found something, and I don't know if it's ever come up in the pod, so I said I'd bring it up uh, as. As I said recently, I'm currently reading uh, Storm of Swords, um, Storm of book, Swords two. book two. Yeah, so in yeah, yeah, so in um, there are European versions of this because we had this come up like a, a couple times yeah. where somebody's like, I, mean, "I was like, what are you talking about? Storm of Swords is book three. 
And so I had to look it up. And they there's a there is a version out there. I think it's predominantly sold in Europe where yeah. it's split. So it's like a Game of Thrones part one or book one, Game of Thrones part two or book two. So there is so it's like it's the second half of a Storm of Swords. It's just mm-hmm. it's whatever whatever reason they they publish it that way. There is a, yeah. a conversion yeah. of there. And I think it's, again, predominantly in Europe. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um so in, in Sam's chapter where he and Gilly and Gilly's baby um, are, are taking shelter in a village, Sam hopes uh, in, in White Tree uh, where mm-hmm. they are ultimately rescued by, by cold hands. Okay. But, it, but I was really surprised on this reread as it seems that the raven 100% knows what's going on. It's the raven that sits on Small Paul White's shoulder when he attacks, and Small Paul stole Mormont's raven after the mutiny. So I'm calling this same bird Mormont's raven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as Sam has killed Small Paul White, uh, he leaves the building where um, he leaves the building they were in to find Gilly and the babe. Uh, against a werewood surrounded by dozens or scores of whites sam whimpers it's not fair okay quote fair the raven landed on his shoulder fair far fear it flapped its wings and screamed along with gilly the whites were almost on her he heard the dark red leaves of the werewood rustling whispering to one another in a tongue he did not know the starlight itself seemed to stir, and all around them the trees groaned and creaked. Sam Tarley turned the color of curdled milk, and his eyes went wide as plates. Ravens. They were in the weirwood, hundreds of them, thousands, perched on the bone-white branches, peering between the leaves. He saw their beaks open as they screamed, saw them spread their black wings, shrieking, flapping. Uh, they descended on the whites in angry clouds. They swarmed round Chet's face and pecked at his blue eyes. They covered the sister men like flies. They plucked goblets from inside Hake's shattered head. There were so many that when Sam looked up, he could not see the moon. Go, said the bird on his shoulder. Go, go, go. Hmm, okay. My lords, this raven... By the gods, I got chills reading it. Have you guys already looked into this? Looking forward to the start of Clash. Can't wait to hear, um, you know, you bring this up in some episode to come and to hear your thoughts. Lady Becky Fay, the gentle heart. So, Sir Matt, I mean, interesting. It is. Uh, she was doing a little yeah, search. And, and, yeah. It's super interesting. And uh, super interesting, I should say. Um yeah, because that Raven, man, that Raven's a big player. It's a much bigger player than people really realize, and we still don't know. I mean, you and I have gone, uh, we've talked about this hundreds of times, it seems like, and you know, the possibility is that Raven just a Raven? Is it being controlled possibly by the Three-Eyed Raven, a.k.a. Blood Raven? A lot of different Ravens there. Um, or Three-Eyed Crow. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, book and show difference there. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's she brings up a really good point here. If it is that same raven and it's kind of telling them something, it would seem you'd seem to believe that it it, it knows something that's going on. 
Yeah, yeah. And actually, I'm just looking up. I did. Uh, this is kind of fun to do if you guys ever get a chance. A search of Ice and Fire, um, as Lady Becky was doing, and I'm looking mm-hmm. up just Small Paul. And I do recall that he that was the one thing he wanted, right? So he he was against at first uh, killing, um, you know, or the the mutiny against Lord Mormont, but uh, he he wanted the the his Raven. That's right, and that's that's what he that's what he wanted um, as some of his his reward. Uh, let me see. Uh, let's see here. Chet said, Smallpaw, as they trudged along a stony uh, game trail through the Sentinels and the Soldier Pines, what about the bird? What bloody bird? The last thing he needed now was some mutton head uh, going on about a bird. And uh, let's see. This is in the prologue. Um, the old bear's raven, Smallpaw said. If we kill him, who's going to feed his bird? Who bloody well cares <laughs> kill the bird too if you like you know so um yeah he says i don't want to hurt no bird the big man said uh but that's a talking bird what if he tells <laughs> what if it tells what we did oh uh small paul thick as a castle wall there you go remember all those connections exactly to, to dunk yeah. exactly right right so yeah he definitely was interested in that in that raven for sure so I mean that's cool. That's really cool. I, that's not. That's. I think when we did a a, a uh, Mormont's Raven kind of theory, I don't think that was a moment that we brought up or or talked about. Uh, just being, you know, how the Ravens were, you know, protecting uh, Sam and Gilly as they got away from 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 the Whites. So, and whether Mormont's Raven was was mm-hmm. leading the charge there or what have you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, so more, more I'll, mystery. Uh, yeah, I'll have to do yeah. a little. I'll have to do a little more research on this one. Uh, to be to be to be entirely honest, um, but I know I'm I'm with her. I do think it's probably the same Raven. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna have to do. Uh, this might be a little a, a good one to follow up on because mm-hmm. I'm just looking at uh, Samwell one and 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 the prologue, and there's quite a bit in here about about that. And I can I just pulled up a Reddit uh, thread as well too. Someone talking about this. So. Uh yeah, well done, Lady Becky. This is cool. Mm-hmm. Something we so. did not have in the conversation. You know, as we go, it's like when we talk about Blood Raven, we talk about you know Shara Dane, all these other different characters, and the mysteries. I guess of a Song of Ice and Fire. Um, it's nice when you're looking for more evidence, or you're looking for something else to kind of back up a theory, or even just to say that this bird is significant, and um, that maybe it's not just smart and talking or mimicking what other characters are saying, but it's actually being controlled by someone. You know, mm-hmm. this is another piece that would uh, kind of add to that conversation. So that's what we're always looking for. If you guys send us in stuff like that, I mean, it's it, that's that's great. It makes our Patreon series better. It makes, you know, this this section in Send a Raven better because then hopefully what it's doing is, is causing you, uh, the listener or the reader, to go look this up because it's, it's what it's doing for me. I mean, I'm like penciling down here, writing to, you know, typing in here to Sir Matt, like, let's go do something on this because this is cool and let's... Let's, uh, wow, yeah. So, I don't know. So, keep sending in stuff like this, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, we we appreciate it. So, all right. Well, guys, I mean, it's time time to say farewell, Sir Ezra. Yeah. Hey, man, another another week, another chapter as we continue our journey through A Clash of Kings. So, I'm excited. Every every week, I'm just, I'm just, I get more and more fired up. So, um, and we will have Raven's Nest, uh, coming sometime next month i know it's going to be kind of hard to squeeze it in during the holidays 
Yeah. Uh, so we will certainly be be finding uh, finding a time for that. We'll, we'll probably start planning out something here, here shortly. My guess is probably before Christmas, and we'll see. We'll, maybe we'll do a poll or something and see uh, yeah. what everyone kind of says on that. Yeah, and we, we might actually um, – so w- one of the things we do on Patreon too is we could do a – a poll and look at maybe what people want to talk about because exactly. it doesn't it doesn't have to be you know like the upcoming tv show or or this these chapters we've been mm-hmm. reading it could be something like this it could be a yeah. theory that you guys want us to dive into so that would be cool it's about time we got back to to that you know which mm-hmm. is fun and exciting exactly yeah yeah absolutely we can we can if we want to pick a topic and then everyone kind of comes to the table with with uh, some thoughts and theories on that then we can yeah. we can do that hey, i mean hey who, who is the red comet for I mean that right there, you know. I mean, there's, there's, one, there's yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yep. So, all right. Well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter Three, Tyrion One of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that the night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs>